Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Tuesday, November 7th. Let petitions shape your worries into prayers. Today's scripture reading is found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 from the Message Translation, which reads, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. This is God's Word. Don't fret or worry. In nothing be anxious. May I ask the same question? How exactly does this work? How do we do that? Is it a sin to worry? I get that question a lot. And of course, if it's a sin to worry, now I'm worrying about how much I'm worrying and all the guilt being accumulated by my worrying. Worrying about worrying, with a steaming hot load of guilt on top. No, not helpful. What's also not helpful is cherry-picking. Be anxious for nothing as the verse of the week, minus its overall context and flow. I can demand you stop worrying just like I can demand you stop crying or stop being angry. But that will only tinker with the outward expression rather than addressing the root causes. And the last thing Paul wants to do is tinker with the extremities. Each of these successive instructions from celebrate God all day every day to be anxious for nothing to being content in the midst of any and every circumstance have little to do with modified behavioral extremities and everything to do with a fundamentally reshaped core. The good tree produces good fruit, yes? I'm pretty sure Jesus said something like that at least a time or two. The question is, where is this tree called my life planted? And where is it sending out those deep roots? Root into self, self-performance, self-protection, self-preservation, and we're bound to reap a harvest of self-doubt and insecurity for the simple reason that so much of life is beyond the controlling scope of this or any self under the sun. If my worldview isn't much wider than me and what I can plan and do and control, I'm going to be riddled with doubt and anxiety if I haven't ended up in a rubber room yet completely out of my mind. So, how do we do that? How do we get out of our heads and our endless conflicting self-calculations that attempt to predict, if not control, all outcomes? Jesus has a simple practice or prescription. Go outside. Breathe. Watch the birds for a little while. Watch how, no matter what else may be going down here below, they never stop hopping about, searching for and finding the barest sustaining kernel or scrap or bug. And then look carefully at that wildflower we call a weed, its intricacies, its beauty. As John Adams is reported to have done while walking with his son John Quincy, at least in the miniseries on HBO, pausing over a common shrub of a wildflower and remarking, 
I have seen a queen of France with 18 millions of levers of diamonds on her person, and I declare that all the charms of her face and figure did not make an impression on me equal to that presented by that shrub right there. The whole world is glittering with precious stones. As I attempt to look at these little objects, I find my imagination, in spite of all my exertions, roaming in the Milky Way, among the nebulae, those mighty orbs and stupendous orbits of suns, planets, satellites, and comets which compose the incomprehensible universe, and I feel an irresistible impulse to fall on my knees in adoration of the power that moves, the wisdom that directs, the benevolence that sanctifies this wonderful whole. Rejoice! Rejoice evermore! Oh, how I wish that thought had ever been in my heart and on my tongue. Yes, this. No tankered extremities here, but rather a fundamentally altered and refocused interior, through which all things seem new and alive indeed. Despite the loss of his lifelong companion, that would be Abigail Adams, and the creeping advance of physical frailty. And this cannot be commanded and taught. It can only be modeled and caught, which is precisely what Paul is attempting to do in these final lines of Philippians. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, how prone are you to worry and anxiety? What are some of your favorite things to worry about? What would you say this worry is rooted in? How do we access the worry-free lifestyle Paul describes in which our worries are reshaped into prayers and a sense of God's wholeness, of everything coming together for good, sweeping in and settling us down? To what extent is this your current experience of life? Lord, a terrible master is worry, and its cousin, anxiety. Lead me into healthier rhythms of life, as I watch the birds of the air that neither sow or reap or gather into barns, and as I study random wildflowers flourishing under your provision without human care. Teach me these inner rhythms, and may I too find myself roaming the milky way of your paths that are beyond tracing out, rather than racking my brains over all that I can't figure out. Through your mercies.